Welcome to the Wilson and Lee History Podcast. And these are your hosts, Alex Wilson and Charles Lee. Yeah, how about that Christmas music? Yeah, nothing like getting ready for the holidays on the Wilson and Lee Podcast. You're right, about, you're right, but we have a lot to talk about in today's podcast. That's right, Alex. Today we're going to talk about the Declaration of Independence. Yes, that thing the Brits are still mad at us for, even though they still have Anguilla, Bermuda, the British Indian Ocean Territory, the British Virgin Islands, Gibraltar, the Cayman Islands, the Falkland Islands, South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands, and Turks and Caicos Islands, just to name a few of the territories they still have their hands on. But they're still mad that the big bad United States went and left them. We were the first country to break from the British Isles, but we certainly weren't the last. Yeah, and I almost forgot to say, this entire podcast is brought to you by Yeti Coolers. If you always have a lot of drinks but not enough cooler storage, don't fear because of Yeti Cooler. Yeti Coolers are the most beautiful coolers and they are perfect for your luxury needs. It'll hold anything that you want below a cool 32 degrees. Yeti Coolers, built for the wild, built for freedom. That ad was brought to you from our friend Jordan. He'll be calling in later. Oh, yes, but Yeti Coolers are the main sponsor for today's podcast because they use the words built for free, coming from the freedom we gained from the Declaration of Independence. Yes, the Declaration of Independence is the document that legally freed the U.S. from the British crown during the Revolutionary War. Oh, the Revolutionary War. The war that gave America its independence. But before we get to the war, we have to discuss what led up to the war. A place to start this conversation would be the Boston Tea Party. Oh uh, yes, the Boston Tea Party, the act of defiance by the American colonists that dumped the British tea into the Boston Harbor. This was one of the first acts of defiance from the American colonists. It was in response to the raising of taxes without the consult of the colony. The wasting of goods sent a very strong message to the British. You're right, this act strongly stated the American colonists had, had enough of the British and their laws. But with all of this being said, the British did respond to this act of defiance. The response was with the Coercive Acts, passed by the British Parliament in 1774. The Coercive Acts were the five acts or laws that punished the American colonists for the Boston Tea Party. Some of the crucial parts of these acts are that the Boston port was banned. British soldiers could stay in American homes without their consent, and they were the Americans were required to provide for these soldiers. The officials that were convicted in the U.S. had to be tried in England rather than in the colonies where they committed the crime. These acts would later be called the Intolerable Acts by the American colonists. These Intolerable Acts, intolerable acts excuse me, were a crucial part of the 13 colonies and their reasoning for breaking away from England and signing the Declaration of Independence. A war spurred from taxation seen as unrightful, unlawful, and dictatorial lawmaking that didn't favor the people of the 13 colonies. The U.S. went on a rampage of aggressive manifest destiny following the creation of the United States, nearly similar to that of the British colonialism that spawned from the birth of the United States. Yes, and this divorce was one of the bloodiest divisions of peoples in that era. Many of Britain's other strong colonies left on terms of less bloodshed. Yes, even in India, where the revolts themselves aren't counted in the many casualties of, of this, the, of the actual British exit, the amount of people who died is very small. But the British totally left a mess behind with that. India and Pakistan have been on the literal brink of war ever since. 
even with India's immense size and population, it still can't shut up what is essentially its little brother Pakistan. Yeah, never knew a desert could trigger somebody so much. Not all the exits of colonies are so abrasive in their exit. Think of the British Columbias, now known as Canada, the Australias. They're both world powers, but only one of them had wars that managed to virtually bankrupt Western Europe. That is correct. The Canadians managed to fight in multiple inter-European wars, but unlike the Americans, had no specific war to free themselves, per se. Conversely, Australia left British rule under friendlier terms in the 1930s. We don't usually do call-ins, but this is a very important person. Jordan Ramsey, he has a degree in American history and a degree in political science. Here to talk with us about the aftermath of the Declaration of Independence. Jordan, what do you have to say? Um, hello. Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well as well. It's very, very well. So how do you think immigration affected the I'm sorry, the Declaration of Independence affected immigration in the world today. I feel that the Declaration of Independence didn't have anything to do with immigration at the time. It was just declaring independence from Britain. Well, you see, I think the Declaration of Independence gave the foundation for the, for, uh, I guess you could say the culture of going to a place and being able to have relative freedom and prosperity I agree with Jordan. I don't think the Declaration of Independence has nothing to do with U.S. immigration. Yeah, it's more about the Constitution. The Constitution includes details about rights for all people, but the Declaration of Independence just states that they're not a part of Britain. But the Declaration of Independence was what led to the Constitution being made because of all the freedoms it gave, because of the... Um, uh, I couldn't. Find, I can't find a better word for it. I guess the vibe uh, of freedom of the people to make their own decisions that the Declaration of Independence gave. Well, the Declaration of Independence does include details about freedom of the people, but that doesn't mean it has anything to do with immigration. That's mainly just the Constitution. There's parts of the Constitution written just about immigration. There's no part of the De Declaration of Independence that's about immigration. Well, I mean, you could say the Declaration of Independence is all about immigration because America, or at least the people who called themselves Americans who were breaking away with the Declaration of Independence, all of those are like first or second generation immigrants coming across who had been there like a very, like I get it, there were a lot of people who had been there for a very long time, but they were all like the last couple hundred years immigrants. So that kind of backs my reasoning of the Declaration of Independence has to do with immigration inherently, just because of who wrote it and where they came from. Thank you all for tuning in today. That's all the time we have for today. This is Charles Lee. Alex Wilson. And I'm Jordan. This is the Wilson and Lee Podcast.